0: Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast.
1: A place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time
0: by a real couple. That's us. And
1: a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. All right. So as usual, we got into it before we started a podcast.
0: Per usual.
1: So you know the worst problem about that, the biggest problem? What's that? Is that it expends a ton of energy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's so a lot. I don't want to do that. Me neither. I don't think either of us want to do that, but it happens.
1: I don't think that that's a thi- that That's where I, I disagree. Things don't happen to you. I think that we are bl- walking into that pretending or from our blind spots.
0: Got it. Uh huh. Yeah. Like we're setting ourselves up for failure there.
1: We're, we're making choices that are leading uh-huh. us there. And I think, you know, I th- had that thought when you asked me a question that was charged and I had that thought and I was like, I don't want to go here because I want to get on the podcast and we don't have much time. And I you know, you kind of pushed and which is fine. I'm not blaming you or anything, but you pushed for me to talk about it and I did. And then it was like, this is why I didn't want to do this waste of time. And also I think that it's a, it's a, it's like something in the preparation of getting ready to do this. Just, it just creates a charge or we Mm -hmm. just, or it's our way of procrastinating.
0: Anytime there's some sort of like expectation to perform in a way or to have some sort of like, predetermined experience or output, you know. Um, that creates a lot of nervous, anxious energy in an individual in, in this case in both of us. And you know, that means that that comes out. like all of your all of your faults or whatever personality defects or wh- whatever the right term is, you know, they shine in that moment because you're anxious, you're nervous. Um, whether you experience that or not, and, uh, you know, it, it, it rears up and we spend all our time with each other, not all our time, but like, you know, we're around each other a lot and we are in the direct, you know, line of fire for that, for those traits when they come out, like the other person receives them. And then there's history to them, and then you tie in all the, you know, this is the way things always are, and this is, this is what always happens, and this comes up because it, it hits on old triggers, so you get more triggered by that person because those things come up more than you would somebody that you didn't really know or you don't interact with that much because there you're more easily able to let it go. But when it's your partner that you're living with, it feels so much more permanent, it feels so much more intense
1: sounds like you understand it all so fix it (laughs) i mean you just went on this amazing i mean you just enlightened so many people with that explanation so fix it
0: i can only take care of myself so
1: (laughs) okay okay no no
0: i'm reflecting on that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and prescribe like i guess both of us need to number one like understand that when that is the case when we are about to do something like just direct the attention to that like just focus on that and
1: i was trying
0: okay well that's what i said i got to focus on myself <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay I, yeah, I, I i don't could've... know how
0: to fix it my my best thing would be to do what you were trying to do exactly which would be to you know Focus on the podcast if that's what's coming up.
1: Right. And I think that the, the the issue that we have is like something was in the air and it's really hard for us to move on if we don't take time to clear it. But I right. recognize in this moment that there are more disadvantages to clearing it, to taking that time. And I, I think this is a lesson for me in general around focusing my attention. And, you know, you have taught me a lot about like once you make a decision stick with it to the best of your ability now that doesn't mean be inflexible yeah. but like especially around things like if we're going to a restaurant if we're going on a hike just stay the course uh, I even think we talked about that on our last podcast and so you know I I think that that is the lesson here is like don't get distracted um, and recognizing where your distractions are helps you to create more spaciousness in your life
0: mm-hmm yeah
1: so the real topic of today's... <laughs>
0: real topic, real talk.
1: Real talk is that our last podcast was uh, recorded in the car on the way to uh, Winston-Salem from Asheville for the preliminary scrape slash biopsy in order to prepare my uterus and uterine lining for a transfer in early December of our next embryo. Yeah. And I can't even hardly remember what we talked about.
0: Oh, boy. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't it, matter. It was on the podcast. Yeah.
1: But I'm saying, like, I can't remember where our heads were at other than, you know, looking back, I feel like we woke up kind of early. And I, yeah. Well, I know what we talked about.
0: Yeah. Um, we talked about, like, basically the nervous energy and what we weren't prepared for. Like, I remember sharing about how. It was difficult for me about how I had a lot of oh yeah anticipation yeah and, yeah difficult about like what it would mean
1: yeah that I hadn't known and that you were sharing like we made the choice so I'm moving in that direction but that doesn't mean that I don't come with my own fears and hesitancies that right. but you just try not to feed those and that's right so because I was sharing them and yeah 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 okay so. You know, when I look back at, I look back and I think about the fact that, you know, at first I was like, oh, we're up early and, you know, drinking coffee and eating earlier than I normally eat. And it kind of put me in a weird space. And, you know, sometimes you wake up and you just never feel like you wake up throughout the day.
0: Very much so. Well, yeah. that's what I f- was feeling like. But in. That's why I'm a morning shower person.
1: Yeah, I love that you get into bed every night with the, the smudge of the day. The of the city <laughs> all, all sh- over me. Shmudge. Yeah, if you lived in New York, I tell you what, you would shower at the end of the day. You pick your nose when you get home. It's black. The boogers are black. <laughs> that was the wildest thing. When I would like come home after a long day and pick my nose, the boogers were black. And I was like this is it i'm just like
0: this is pollution this is pollution dirt and grime and city and everything. you should do a commercial where you're just picking your nose and then showing the camera and being like this is pollution
1: (laughs) it's a PSA. Mm. um yeah so that's uh, not my
0: that's not my area not being able to wake up in the morning everybody
1: in new york city has black boogies so you all somebody else who's we diverge yeah well for good reason so you
0: couldn't wake up fully in the morning
1: yeah. And so in in retrospect, I think I just like kind of left my body that morning and didn't really ever land. And I, I didn't realize how nervous I was till we got there. And it took 20 minutes to get the catheter in because it was so funny. Um, our nurse was like, you know, the doctor had some procedures and she was like, we can wait or we can, you know, I can just put this catheter in. And I was like, totally, we're here for the lidocaine. So you go for She's it. She's like,
0: I've never not been able to do it. I'm right. super gentle.
1: Well, and people say that about labs and about lots of things with me. And it's just never true. <laughs> I always end up being the one that, that, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, that karma. And I always give people such, I'm like, you can do it. You're doing great. You know, but anyways, I realized as that was happening, and I, and you know, I think we had talked about it on the other podcast, but I took a little like anti anxiety med that they recommend. And uh, I don't think that did me well. I think I was like not.
0: You were just like kind of
1: whacked out. I was pretty whacked out. You were just whacked out. It's like it was not present. Right. It was like fine to be chilled out, but whacked out didn't feel good because I almost felt like a zombie or like I was like you know, it's not fun to not be like in control of your body. And I felt very much like I was like slugging around. So yeah, I mean, they went in and, um, you know, she's like, tell me something good while she's looking to get in. And I just like, at one point I was like, I'm going to leave my body completely here. And I have friends who talk about dissociation a lot. And not that I've never dissociated in the midst of like a difficult conversation or, or traumatic experience, but I almost can't. And I definitely can't do it on command. It's like burping on command. It's like you either can or you can't. Right. And I can't. And I was so grateful to be able to do it. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing to not be in my body. I like, I don't want to be here right now. And what it did, because I had awareness that I was doing that on purpose, it afforded me the opportunity to titrate the experience. And like, it was so intense for me. Mm-hmm. And all they were doing was trying to fit a catheter through my cervix. Mm-hmm. We're talking, day one phase one haven't done a single IV shot shot. yeah Yeah.
0: and it was so triggering Mm -hmm. and were you thinking can I ask you a question were you thinking like you say it was was triggering which uh, you know I hear and what thoughts were going through your head? Like what what questions were you asking yourself? What thoughts were going through your head when that was happening?
1: I was just thinking about, here we go, there's already complications. And I was thinking about the fact that initially they said I couldn't have lidocaine in my uterus. So I was gonna feel the scratch. And I was just really freaked out about that. And I was thinking about the fact that like, if I didn't have lidocaine on my cervix, I'd probably be in excruciating pain because you know how we've talked about It's just my cervix is super sensitive. And I was just thinking like, how am I ever going to make it? Like I I went, I did that instead of keeping it in the moment, I did that long range projection of like, of, you know, this is, this is day one thing, one day one, and I've got to make it through a hundred other things before we have this baby. And then once we have the baby, if it goes like the last one, I'm going to have a hundred more things.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's so hard, babe. Yeah, thank you. It's so hard. And there's so much tied into it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'll skip a part and come back to it. But, like, we when we came home, I just, like, I had this kind of crushing realization again. These are all the triggers that came up of, like, needing to lay down on the couch. And we had to make dinner. We had a meeting at 530 with our anti-racist group. We had neo bedtime and I just needed to lay down because I was crampy and plus the the medicine was still I was loopy and in that short period of time in addition to the fact that you got overwhelmed with the responsibilities I felt like two things this you know because this is this was mental and emotional in addition to physical like physically i needed to rest but mentally and emotionally i was super freaked out and i was like those are the invisible pains that nobody can see and there was a part of me that felt like you you weren't aware of how much i was suffering in that moment and i was like this is this is the invisible pain that nobody can relate to and if they can't relate to it and see it they don't think about it and we've talked about that before like if i'm not hysterical angry or yelling or something like sometimes you forget that I'm going through things and I have to like be like still here in this suffering place. Um, you know, and so I was like that and then I was just like, he's already overwhelmed. And I asked you the question. I'm like, what do you, how are you going to navigate this knowing that we have so much more of this coming that I'm not able to help because I'm going to have all these procedures, that I'm, t- I'm sick and tired when we first get pregnant. And, you know, last time I just napped. I'm going to need food in the middle of the night. I'm going to need help
0: postpartum. I mean, I think there's two questions there for me. Number one, and this is, you've brought this up several times now in conversations that we've had afterwards. So it's it's really clear to me that... Me getting overwhelmed in that time had an impact on you, because um, you know you've brought it up a lot. I think, and then the second thing is kind of like the bigger picture: Am I going to quote unquote Am I going to be able to handle this? So, which which I feel like I've I've somewhat addressed already. Like that is there, but in my position when I'm there, it is really it's difficult for me. And others may have an easier time with it because I can't do anything like I'm in no place. I am completely disarmed from any sort of tools that I can use to support like you're there in pain. I can tell you it's going to be okay. I can offer support. I can just hold your hand. I can just sit in quiet, strong silence. You know, all those things. But at the same time, there is nothing that I can do. I can't take away the pain for you. I can't comfort you in that moment. This is my perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think later on, after that, and after it was so difficult in the car, and then we're processing, and a lot is coming up, I just recognized in that moment that, like, I needed a little regrouping time. Like, I I needed to somehow communicate that, I was feeling a little overwhelmed, and that's hard because the we're centering you here. Like you are the center of this experience. You're the one there on the hospital table. You're the one that this is happening to, and I fully recognize that. And so, to say, even in that moment, like I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I, I don't know how to show up right now. That's really difficult for me, and. That's just my response to it. Like that's where I was coming from. I just I needed to say that I've been trying to practice it saying things like that and I did, but like No, you didn't.
1: You didn't say any of that.
0: Well, I said I'm feeling overwhelmed no, you when didn't. we got home,
1: I did. Are you sure about that because yes. the moment that I well that doesn't bother me. It was the moment when Nia It's like cooking dinner and Neo are happening at the same time and you were just like Ugh. That's the only thing I remember about overwhelm. I don't... I mean, you're positive that you said I'm that. I'm
0: positive that when we were home and that evening, I told you that I'm feeling overwhelmed. I mean, that's why we're using that language, because I communicated that. Well,
1: it was also obvious that you were overwhelmed by your sure. breath. And that's when I... It, you know, we were walking upstairs and I was like, babe, we haven't even gotten this process started. Are you ready? So maybe then you said you were overwhelmed after I asked you.
0: Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, and you're right.
1: Timing matters. Not timing matters. It's that, it's that you, what I remember is you led with the, like the, I can't handle this exhaustion, but you never explained it to me. So all I did was be like, well, shit, I'm on the couch. Like get the fuck up off the couch, suck it up. You're not in that much pain. Just get up and help. And it's this, this part of the trigger of how much I couldn't do because my vagina was broken post baby, bo- post birth and then my heart and my mind and all of that was broken after that. And like, yeah. I just couldn't do anything. And then I sat and pumped eight times a day for 20 minutes. Like I physically couldn't do anything.
0: And now you're you're not talking about that day. Sorry, you're talking about postpartum, like postpartum, got it. And I something. was
1: reminded of how little I could do. And I have felt so much better in my body lately, and like, resilient to be like, oh, I'll take Neo. And like, I understand how to be a mom better now. And I have more capacity to be like, yeah, you go, you know, you had to go to Atlanta the other day. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take him to school, pick him up, I'll do the things, whatever you go out of town, I'll do the things like that doesn't stress me out as much. And I my resilience was low to none postpartum. And it wasn't great when I was sleepless, yeah, so I was triggered that I couldn't do anything, in and it was just a two-hour window of needing to rest, and and then I heard your big sigh, and I was like, whoa, like I don't think. But if you had said to me, "Hey, babe, I just want to let you know this is really overwhelming information for me," so I imagine I'm going to be a little bit t- more tired today, and I I'm going to need some regrouping time. And once I regroup, I have a memory. Of once te- I regroup, I will be. You know, I feel like I'll be more oriented to wh- what
0: we're doing. Yep. I mean, that is that is definitely the best way I could have done it. And, and done that early enough, as soon as I was feeling those feelings to really set you up f- with an understanding and a grounding in knowing that that was where I was at. The being on top of communicating where I was at. Yes, that is exactly right. Then I should have done that.
1: And I think that that, you know, this vision that you had that you were communicating with me that I really don't remember is, to me, something we've talked about a lot. So it's like, it's not surprising that that's coming up where you're, you are doing one of two things, either expecting me to understand something that hasn't been spoken or, you know, you just keep trying to push forward and push down the feeling of overwhelm.
0: True. True. I remember communicating at home to you that I was like, I'm just feeling really overwhelmed right now. And that being around like Neo and him going nuts and dinner and all that. And yes, I should have done Out it sooner. Out of the
1: blue, like you just were like, "Hey, no, I need to it... express this." Like I'm just, I'm, I'm really struggling I, I to don't, understand. I don't, like I you're, don't know, you're that... trying to prove something to me that is like, not n- you're made like in this instance. If you're right, then I'm an asshole.
0: I'm not saying that. No, you're not. It's just, <laughs> babe. I'm just trying to say like where I'm at and what I remember. I'm not trying to prove you wrong. I'm not trying to like. Like it's it's not in opposition to what you're sharing. I'm trying to. I hear what you're sharing, and I'm I'm trying to acknowledge that. Yeah, I could have shared that earlier. I could have helped ground you, ground in that, so you didn't feel the burden of either having to draw that out of me or me sharing it when it was just at this absolute like you know, moment or not sharing it at all. And then you just having the burden of figuring it out and dealing with me. I just,
1: I just thought the conversation we were having was you were trying to explain to me that you had done a good job because I, I, I know, but that you started out by saying, I did tell you I was overwhelmed. I spoke it early and I was like, I think you got overwhelmed. And then I was like, what's up? And you were like, I'm overwhelmed. And so that, that, that is important because that's what we're talking about. I mean, that's fair. If I said,
0: if I said, and we'll listen to it, you know, if I said that I spoke it early, I hear that. I think for me, I probably place a little bit too much emphasis because, you know, me sharing emotions in those moments is um, and, and not, and putting an intention on where I'm at and not just focusing everything on you is a new thing for me. So even if I do it a little bit, I probably blow it out of proportion in my mind. You're right.
1: You are free to cut some of this out, but like I, the biggest thing is that I, you got overwhelmed as we were going to put Neo up and I was like, dude, we haven't even started like this is really triggering for me. And you were, you didn't say I'm overwhelmed then either. You were just like, you're forced to tell me because I'm, I I just feel like I'm constantly bringing things up that are right on the table being like, let's just talk about the elephant in this room
0: right and now. And didn't I just acknowledge that? Didn't I just say that? You,
1: you said you're that trying I, th- to do it better. And in that instance, it didn't feel any different to me. Okay.
0: All right. Fair enough. I mean, I, I hear I hear what you're asking of me and I recognize and acknowledge that I've put you in that situation before. Yes.
1: Thank you for saying that. And I'll just share right now that these are the moments that make me feel really concerned. And it's not that I think that everybody just goes around hunky dory before they have a baby, but like I'm trying to talk about being triggered, and instead, this is an argument about who said what, when, and how good of a job they did. And I keep downplaying. I guess to my on the friends, podcast,
0: I was just, I was just trying to, like, I was just trying to, just to re- recount my experience of that day. But clearly, like, my recount of it was not accurate and you know i got called out on it so that's what i see happening here too to what this is also like that's what the argument is about i'm adding to that's what i I also see happening here it's like i recounted in terms of how i was feeling that day and and what i said and you called me out that it wasn't like that here's what
1: i want to say that I keep trying to downplay this whole thing with my friends. I heard, so they, so basically what happened is, is that they found polyps, which means that I have to have a surgery in order to move forward. And it doesn't necessarily stop our timeline, but it is another bump in the road that leads to another, you know, oh, you just need to come back for a surgery. The word just is not fair. And, Oh, I just can't get the catheter in. Oh, it's just a catheter and a little scrape. You won't feel it. The word just is not fair. And it makes me feel crazy when I hear people say, oh, it's just a little surgery. And so I go about it being like, okay, okay, we'll get it done. Another thing to do, another day off work, another amount of time, another recovery, another, you know, cost, another event, another trigger, another, you know, terrorizing my reproductive system in order to do this thing that I feel insecure about to begin with the having the baby and I feel nervous not about the long everybody's like well you don't have to have a second baby and it's like it's the long term vision I'm nervous about the next 2 years the pregnancy and the postpartum time and then I keep coming back to it's going to be easier I'm going to I'm gonna know more like there's a potential it's going to be easier but the truth is, is it could also be harder And I just feel like I keep downplaying it to my friends and they're like, pause, Soul, this is a big deal. And I'm like, everybody goes through big deals. Like, I feel like I can only really see the miracles and the places where there's still hope. I feel a lot of the pain, but I feel like I'm only seeing the hope that like, oh, it didn't stop the timeline or trajectory. Oh, maybe the removal of the polyps will help my, you know, periods, like all this stuff. But... But the truth is, is like, how do you make space for grief when you have a shit ton of life to do?
0: It's a great question.
1: And how do you make space for grief in a relationship when both people are overwhelmed and impacted? Mm -hmm. Which is what happened postpartum, which is why our relationship was so challenging during that time.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you feel like we were not making space for the grief during postpartum, that we were just focusing on other things.
1: There was so much of it that we couldn't. That's what I'm saying is like we, we had to do life. There's no point to any of this other than like people do it all the time. And, and it just, I felt like I got thrown in the way back machine when we went and had a simple exam. That's what it was. It was an exam.
0: Yeah. And then there were immediately complications.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then afterward, we were in a place where I needed rest. And it was, we were dealing with information and life. And it was hard for the both of us.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that there's a difference between experience that you have in the moment. And then there's your memory of the experience. And then there's also, you know the kind of like prep and how you're preparing for that and all three are different levels when you go on a road trip for to use an analogy most of it kind of isn't that great because you're just literally driving and you're uncomfortable and whatnot like But you remember these kind of like moments of joy and then, yeah.
1: I will say, you've said this on... I have. I I realized when I started saying it that I'd said it before. And I didn't... I don't remember if I argued with you. I love sitting still on a road trip. I love listening to 10 podcasts at once. I love... Kicking my feet up in a dangerous way on the dashboard. I love talking to you and having the space. I love not having the opportunity to work or distract or whatever. I love the long roads and looking out the window. I mean, I love it. I love the windmills on the way to... I also
0: know, but I have also been on road trips with you where you were like, super uncomfortable and can't sleep and, like, really frustrated about being in the car for nine hours.
1: So... The only time I need to sleep is if I didn't get good sleep or something went wrong. Right. I. Okay, we've driven from Dallas, Texas to <laughs> North Carolina. That's a really long drive, and if ever I wanted to sleep, you're right. Like the, the every car has bucket seats now. You can't get that straight shot. <laughs> I know. Either way, I, I'm all I remember is anything under eleven hours is a joy.
0: Right. Gotcha. Well, bad analogy. I guess I guess the point that I'm trying to make is like again, I'm trying to figure out here how to prepare myself in a resourceful way to ex- um that 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 like supports you and supports me and our family. I'm trying to figure out how to be in the moment in a way that is authentic and true and showing up while also taking care of myself. And I'm also trying to think how to, in this moment, even relive and learn from the past experience, right? Like all those things, holding those three different experiences. And I mean, it came up in just our our fight on this podcast. Like, you know, my perception of how I was communicating where I was at was completely different than clearly what happened. So, you know, uh, it's, It's all those things are really relevant. And I'm just I'm doing the best that I can and just trying to navigate this and trying to trying to flourish and trying to, you know, embrace the difficulty while also experiencing joy.
1: Yeah. And again, lots of people do this and put their lives on hold. But I do just want to say, like, both of us get Worked up about stuff. And I guess it's hard. It's easy for me to get worked up. You talked about double standard last night. It's easy for me to get worked up, but there's not a lot of space for you to get worked up. And you kind of mentioned that in the same way, like as we were having this conversation, it's like you were like, I was overwhelmed. I needed to regroup. Why didn't I have space to do that? And I guess it's just hard to see, like, we're signing up for this, which means that our passion projects are going to go away. Our sleep is going to go away. Our relationship is going to take a back seat. Our you know ability to prep food and do things is going to be more difficult like all of it's going to be more difficult and then when we get there we can't just be like ah, what i didn't have time to go on a run today i didn't have time to like read my book
0: what yeah i mean that perspective you know having that yeah. you know
1: just like to to sign up to have your jaw dropped it's right. like uh-uh. two things one when we listen back to the podcast if if you know, I had pointed out like, that's not how you said it. And you're like, well, we have it on the podcast. Let's listen back. If I'm wrong, this is a whole new world for me. I will admit to being wrong so much more readily. I just don't think I'm wrong. And I never think I'm wrong. (laughs) And I'll be really interested. I'm almost worried that we're going to listen back and still have two different perceptions of what we're hearing. But I... No, if I'm you can sure share, that I'm, I'm sure that. Well, like, if you can, if you can, exp- I have no
0: expectations that you're wrong. If I'm you
1: present it yeah. and go, listen, this is what I said, and then here's what you told me I said, then I'm I'm like gonna be floored, and I will be way more ready and able to know because there have been times when you have pointed things out, and finally I can hear them that I know that I'm wrong, and I appreciate that because. I only think I'm right till I know that I'm wrong. It's just facts.
0: <laughs> Big facts.
1: <laughs> Lastly, oh, I almost called pleat trouser. Lastly, if when I'm petting pleat, he starts to like, so I was petting him and then I stopped and he came closer and he's like, please pet me when I'm petting petting pleat. And he's doing that thing where you pet him, and it's like somehow not good enough. And he starts moving around. And he wants you to pet him different. And he starts licking. And it's like all of a sudden, petting him is not fun. Like, it's nice when you can just pet. And And they don't
0: have big reactions.
1: Yeah. So, so, but then I was thinking about how trouser used to react when I would pet her. And then I watched you pet her. And remember, we talked about this on the podcast or something that you started petting her in the places she wanted to be pet and you were so much more tuned in. And it was that scratch on her chest that I always thought made, made my hands stink. I didn't like the way it smelled. So I never did it, but that's all she ever wanted. So where am I missing pleats? So I tried to go down to that place and he kind of calmed down, but really he just doesn't like to be pet.
0: Yeah. I mean, he wants, he wants, he's still a puppy and he just wants to play. Play. That's he wants to play. He doesn't want to be like snuggled and squeezed and pet because then that's just a precursor to play. Then you're trying to get him. Is that, a, and- is that a,
1: like, is that relevant to sex? How? You, not with the dog, but. You no, know, I know that, but how? you know, yeah. you get a good cuddle in, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, next step, <laughs> it, and you're it. like, damn, she's trying, to, just cuddle. trying to
0: cuddle, cuddle, yeah, it uh, could be, yeah, for sure.
1: It's always a precursor to play. <laughs> you touch, you look at somebody once, you touch, you touch their, you you like pull some spinach off the side of their ear, and they're like, huh, huh, what's she saying? <laughs> <laughs> Oh,
0: man. All right, babe. I appreciate the conversation. Thank you. Love for, you. Yeah, being you. Uh, Love you. Love you. Bye.
1: Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you.
0: And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.